Hey everybody out there in Snohomish County, uh, welcome back to the uh, podcast. Took a couple weeks off from the last couple that we did right in a row, but uh, I am super excited today. I have a special guest with me. Guest, I mean, we've been working together for a lot of years now. It's weird calling you a guest, but a friend of mine uh, that we worked among each other at the sheriff's office and uh, Lieutenant Rebecca Lewis. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So we're going to talk a little bit about your story. Um, for full disclosure, I heard this story, uh, it was years ago, actually, in, in, in front of a different group, but it's one of those that uh, impacted me on a personal level and uh, impacted me uh, at home on a personal level, and we'll get into that a little bit, what that means. And then uh, it, it's just, you hear certain things throughout your career in the police world that tend to stick with you, this did, and I thought there's benefit for the community to uh, hear this. But before we get into the details... Just tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself, where you're at, and what you're doing at the sheriff's office now. Yeah, so right now I'm uh, the chief of police of Stanwood, and um, been doing that for about a month, <laughs> so <laughs> not long. Thank you. Um, it, that was a, that's been a goal of mine for a really long time. So it was uh, it felt really good to to finally get there, and I I plan on staying for a while. So um, that's what I'm doing right now. I've been uh, in the sheriff's office for 18 years. Um, started my career here. Um, right out of college and yeah it's just been a roller coaster ride the whole time cool so uh you said you've, you've done 18 years here you started in college tell us a little bit about what that looked like back then 18 years ago what were you thinking why do you want to get into this field what about the snohomish county sheriff's office intrigued you yeah so great question i um i i was in high school and i went on a ride along like a lot of people kind of to mm -hmm. figure out if that's something they wanted to do and just had an absolute blast um, that was up in, in Ferndale, Washington. And then I started going to college. I didn't have a major. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was fortunate enough to get to go to college. And um, the only class I liked was criminal justice. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't have a major there. I transferred to Eastern. I majored in criminal justice. And then kind of towards the end, um, a group from the criminal justice training commission came and talked to our college class and said, listen, there's a there's a program out there. If you've got your college degree, we'll give you some college reimbursement. And I said, I would love some college reimbursement and I'm going to, I was going to do it anyway. So, um, that was a great, um, program. And I, the reason I picked the sheriff's office is I had, um, a great recommendation from one of the instructors. They said it was just a fantastic agency to begin with, but it was also for me closest to home. Yeah. Um, still living in Ferndale with my parents at the time. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I just wanted to be close to home and I, I, I stay because it's been just a great agency to work for. It's funny, not funny. It's kind of cool how the, that word of mouth travels so quickly and it's uh, very predominant in the law enforcement world, good or bad. Right. So I'm glad it was good 18 yeah. years ago when you yeah. heard about us. But, uh, I think that kind of stuff continues to this day and especially in this day and age, it's super important. Yeah, so. for sure. So, okay. So you kind of decided that's what you want to, you know, kind of gear your life towards, I guess, if you will, or you're going to give it a shot. Like we all kind of did. I was very unsure when I first got into this, if I was going to like it or is it going to work out or not? You don't know. Um, so then you decide to test for the sheriff's office. Take kind of take it from there. What's that look like? I mean, I, I, again, it was, a, it's a job where mm -hmm. it's different every single day. Like you're never going to have two days the same. And it was a good mix of you know, being able to use my mind and putting together in investigations and also the physical side of it. You know, I've been an athlete um, from basically since I was young and all the way through high school and college. So I just wanted kind of the best of both worlds and being out and about um, instead of stuck behind a desk. So which is ironically what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Me <laughs> <Right>? too. 
<laughs> and it is different. <laughs> so you, we kind of had a similar pass anyway. Mm-hmm. You worked the road for a very long time. I worked the road for a very long time. And for the last two years, I'm sitting behind his desk. <laughs> that has right. an impact on you. And it's not always good. Indeed. But that's a topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but physical fitness is important in this job. So, so you come here and not everybody might know this, but when typically when you started in, out in law enforcement, I think this is pretty fair to say across the board, no matter what agency you're at, you're going to start in patrol. That's yes, kind of our yeah. bread and butter. So you started in patrol. Just tell us a little bit about that. What precinct were you working at? Stuff like that. Um, I was at the North precinct. Um, that's where I ended up just, you know, based on where the need was. And I, I loved it up there. You know, you start to get close with your crew and the people that you work for. And I had really great supervisors up there. So I just ended up staying there and was working, um, you know, I worked there for three years before I, I left and went to a never assignment. Okay. So we're going to get into your story a little bit here. Yeah. And so this is the good part. Yeah. I love this. It's, it doesn't, it, it, we'll, we'll get there. So, um, you start out in patrol, you're working in North precinct in Marysville and you had what I would classify kind of a life changing event that happened. And that's kind of what we're here to talk about today. And I think that that can happen in this job because it's such a different job, you know? Um, and so yours, uh, it, it's a super inspirational story. That's why I want to talk about it today, but it didn't start out like that. It started out a little rough. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that day and, and what took place and what you were thinking? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I tell it not, I didn't, my goal is not, was not necessarily to be inspirational. It's just for other people to learn from my mistake and, and grow from it. So they didn't have to make the same one. So um, in December of 2006, I was uh, working patrol. It was towards the end of my shift. Um, I went and contacted a gentleman who kind of was acting strange. I had seen him the night before uh, during a different um, event and decided to chat with him uh, walking down the street. Uh, turns out he had a warrant for his arrest. Um, and, you know, in my haste and perhaps a little bit of what we call tombstone courage, um, you know, y- you'll go through 100 contacts and maybe not one of them, someone will be non-compliant or you'll have to use force on them. And so uh, probably a little bit of complacency as well. Sure. Um, and decided to make the arrest. Well, I knew my backup was coming, but they hadn't arrived yet. And I decided I'm just going to get this guy into custody and take him to jail. And um, he decided he didn't want to go to jail. <laughs> so um, we ended up in a basically a knockdown drag out fight in the street. And this guy is 6'3". Um, I'm by myself. Um, the first thing he does is just all out haymaker to the face. Um, he broke, he fractured my nose with that and my eye was completely swollen shut. Um, I've got some pictures I usually share with that to kind of see the gravity of it. But, um, you know, I, I start fighting and, and trying to do what I've been trained to do. We end up on the ground. He ends up on top of me. Um, I'm able to get out on the radio to, you know, call for the code three. And, um, fortunately some citizens and, um, Alfie's pizza right there on state Avenue came out. They watched me struggle with him and they grabbed onto him, um, and helped, uh, you know, those first few units come in and take him into custody. And, um, when that was over, um, I was, I was, I remember that having that feeling of what just happened. Like that happened so fast. Um, and, yeah, I mean, um, that was a, a absolutely a, a life-changing event. So good on you for being here talking about it today. And you, I mean, you've talked about this for years. Yeah. But I appreciate you being here today. And uh, everything that you mentioned, you know, you, you, you owned what you, what you called your mistakes and things like that. I just want to be clear with the, with the community. We've all done that, and mm-hmm. then some. I can't count how many times I've maybe finished up a call or a contact, 
and thought that could have been really bad. I am very lucky. And you try to do your best, but we're human beings. We try to learn from that stuff. But I think some people might be sitting there thinking, you know, there's two cops talking and they're like, well, you're police officers. You get trained to do all this stuff. You know what to do. You, you, that's what you get paid to do. I've heard that personally myself, right? right? And let's just talk about that a little bit because we're gonna get into what you did after this, which is training in mixed martial arts, which is really cool, but that's not standard for police officers anywhere in the state of Washington. Would you agree with that? Correct. Yeah, and I think, uh, I, I use this case, you know, it's almost like a Venn diagram. It's, it's somebody having the bad intentions to hurt you mm -hmm. and then your officer safety. And when those two things intersect is when we have a problem. I might make a mistake but that person has no intention to harm me. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any, there there's no downside to it. So um, it's when those two things cross over that we really, that, you know, tragedies happen. So what kind of, like, did you feel like super confident in your, we call it defensive tactics in the police community and that training at the time? I mean, I, I again, I, going, drawing on my athletic background, I didn't struggle in that area. I, I mean, and I did what, um, but what I was trained to do back then in the academy, I had a very good TAC officer, and I will, you know, I, I total credit to him. Um, Rich Phillips made sure that we knew what it felt like to get punched in the face because yeah. when that happened in real life, I didn't panic and I did fight back and I was able to get out on the radio. Whereas I don't think that I may have, I may not have had the wherewithal to do that had I not been exposed to that early on. And um, so again, it's, it's, you know, it's that stress inoculation a little bit, you know, yeah. I, I knew what that felt like and I knew I was going to, I had the drive to survive and get through it. But at the same time, my skills didn't necessarily match my desire. Yeah. So did you have the fight for life at the Academy when you graduated? We did. Um, okay. Yeah, we did at that time. I'll explain what that is just a little bit. I think it's important. And every every student at the time going through the police academy, I'm not sure what year they stopped it, but they no longer do it. Um, I wish they did because it's a, it's a great learning experience. And, and to graduate, I guess, from the DT program back in the day when I went in the mid-90s, you had to at least survive the, the, the fight for life. Right. So you'd be the, the recruit officer or deputy, and you'd have to go against people that, you know, they were padded up in suits like this. But it was as close to reality as a knockdown drag out fight as, as you could get and you learn a lot of things you learn a lot about personally about how winded you get how adrenaline impacts you and you know you can go for 20 seconds in a fight and be physically exhausted that's real that happens um, so anyway I, I wish they were doing that still and that's I can say that I don't want you to get into that um, but I think that's just a super critical tool that we used to have that's now been taken away but we were able to learn so much from that but let's talk about where you went from there so you get in this knockdown drag out with, with, this, uh, with, with this bad guy and uh, citizens come up. So you're good to go at that point. It was a code three, which was a healthy officer call. I was working that night. I was in South County. So I was tearing up I-5, like all of law enforcement. That's what happens with the code three as it should be. And so what I want to know, this is important to me. What, did, what personal decisions did you make after that point? You know, in the immediate aftermath, um, I had I had some time off, and um, I I did a lot of reflection on you know I might even cut I had a lot of self doubt I might even cut out for this, and I could either do one of two things either I could just throw in the towel and be like you know what this job isn't for me or I'm gonna turn my what is my weakness right now into my greatest strength and um, you know this has been identified as a weakness to me because I ended up on my back with this guy on top of me and I don't ever want to be someone's punching bag ever mm -hmm. again so um I uh it was it kind of a weird time I um I was selected for the special investigations unit right after that but 
um, the, um, the sergeant at the time thought, you know what, that shouldn't be your last call. Mm. So put me out on the road for a month just to make sure I, you know, was okay upstairs and, um, which was great. I'm grateful for that. And then I went into SAU and right down the street from there is uh, Charlie's combat club. Uh, so I just started going to classes. Uh, the first few classes were just kickboxing. And then I really started to like, um, grappling and jujitsu and, um, you know, being the, the athlete that I was, I, I wanted to test my skills in that. I didn't want to just be a casual um, recreational student. And so I started saying, hey, coach, I want to I wanna get in there. I want to fight. And um, so, it, I mean, it was several years. And th- there's such a great organization. They're like, well, we're not just going to throw you in there. You're going to represent our gym. You're gonna, we're going to make sure you're ready. So there was a vast difference between being a rec student and then being in there as a, as a fighter because – then you're going to get thrown to the wolves and you're going to experience that same feeling as being in a position of disadvantage and getting pummeled and working your way out of it. And, um, I needed that mentally, but it, and physically, not just the physical part of it. Yes. I got in much better shape. I lost a ton of weight. I started feeling better. Um, there was so many benefits to it. Um, but especially the mental health and then there's just the confidence after that. Like, Um, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't, you don't, when you, when you train and fight hard as, um, you know, as an extracurricular activity, you, you know, you understand the dynamics of a, of a, you know, a very dynamic physical force altercation. And so you understand where dangers are and it just, your overall understanding of violent encounters is much higher. It completely changes the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And the confidence level is, is that that's real. I mean, when you're training in this stuff and, and confident, we want confident cops out there. Right. We don't want cops that are unsure of themselves, whether it's legislation that has passed, physical fitness, anything else. You want them to be able to make a, the, the right decision at the right time. So you, you just, you explained that very well. So you got into mixed martial arts and became, is this the right term, a professional fighter, if you will? Amateur fighter. Okay. Yeah. I but mean, you're, you're I have a day job though. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but you're competing in stuff though yeah right? so I'd, I've ta- I'm, uh, I took a few cage fights and um, those were really fun especially what because the sheriff's office came out to support and I had yes. other I had other deputies that were maybe on the same card and you know there was certain fights where it was there was a huge sheriff's office contingent yeah. there cheering us on which is really that was really cool so and then so that doesn't happen overnight right that is I mean to get to the level that you're at now how long, I mean, is that years in the making, months in the making? What do you it think? It was a, over, a little over a year before we started training for fights. Okay. And um, again, it was, you know, blood, sweat, tears in the gym. There's days when I was like, man, I suck. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm just yeah. getting pummeled. And they don't, you know, uh, Charlie Pearson, who's the coach out there, it was such a great person for you. You knew he cared about you and he was uh, like a father figure. But also, um, he wasn't going to, he knew that the best thing for you was not to take it easy on you. Yeah. And that right balance of like, you know, and he's a professional fighter. He could take me in two seconds, but he knew exactly where that line was to push me. And um, I don't know, there's just something about those good coaches, right? They just get the very best out of you. And he is that person. That's cool. Are you still doing it? Yeah, when I can, when I have time. So with, you know, when family and all that and everything else that goes with it. But yeah, I get in as much as I possibly can. I get in the gym and roll when I can. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So I want to cover a couple, couple more things. Um, let's cover this first. So, and we talked a little bit about before this, uh, before we started here today. So I've raised a bunch of daughters at home, um, raised them on my own for quite a while, not all the time, but uh, uh, quite a while. And, uh, super important to me with daughters. So I was, I was working nights at the time. They were alone quite a bit at home, you know, during the graveyard shift and stuff like that. But 
raising daughters on my own, you know, you, I was the dad at home and we had to have some real talks. Right. And I, I, uh, they're female, I'm male, I'm trying to relate to the best I can. But one thing that was always super important to me and why I'm so glad you're sitting here today is I wanted them to know growing up that they could do anything that they wanted to do, anything they put their mind to that they could do. So I've got one daughter today that has her master's degree. One is uh, active duty in the Army Guard. You know, typically that would be, a, a, a not typically, but that's more a male profession, which kind of law enforcement is too. Um, and so tell me just a little bit about that. So one, I want to say I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud that you're sitting here today, and we'll get into what you're doing exactly right now. But um, have you talked about be before? Is that kind of something that's on your radar, being being a female in a very high-ranking law enforcement role? I mean, I had a lot of really good mentors in front of me, mm -hmm. and I think that that played a huge role in that belief that you can do this job just like anybody else. Yep. You can be just as good at it as anybody else. And I think um, that whole experience taught me more than anything. If you work hard enough, you can get anything, but you got to put in the work yeah. and you're not, it's not going to be handed to you. And that's kind of one of the things I've loved about, uh, this profession and this agency is you're not gonna, we're not going to thrust you up because you're a female, but we're not going to hand anything to you, but at the same time, it's not going to hold you back. Right. And so, um, you know, that's just a great, that's a recipe for success when you have those experiences and then just, like I said, that that single event taught me that putting in the work and and um, you know trying to make a positive thing out of a negative thing will will other positive things happen down the road. So kind of the continuation of that story is because I was in fighting. Um, that's kind of the way I met my husband. He was doing a wellness podcast. He came to one of my fights. A podcast, huh? Yeah, cool. I didn't <laughs> yeah. Know he's that. got some experience right. in that. So uh, <laughs> that's how we met and yeah. had that. And when you look, and you have to look back on your life with that framework, and if because you won't recognize if you don't look. And so um, because of that, I have an amazing family, amazing home life. Um, but roll it back to that single event yeah. that night. If that didn't happen, I may not have gotten into mixed martial arts i may not have met him and, and go forward with that so yeah. yeah i mean there's a there's off there's also a huge faith component in all that for me oh yeah that just that um that idea and my, my pastor even did a, an entire sermon on it with the premise of you know when you feel buried maybe you're not buried maybe you're being planted and kind of you know framed that around this whole story as well. really yeah that's pretty cool i didn't know yeah. that I'll give you the link. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> so, so let's talk about what you're doing now. So I've worked uh, around you with you a little bit through the years, but really the last couple of years, we've, we've worked a lot together for me as the sheriff. You start watch commander and then on up to, to police chief. So, and I, I, and I think it was pretty, it was common knowledge. I think that your goal, you set goals, which I'm, there, there's a reason I said that is because I'm preaching goals big time at the lead the way with the, with the youth. I think it's super, super important to have goals. Um, and so you had a goal of becoming a police chief somewhere in, in Snohomish County. So you're there. Yeah. You've reached that goal. Yes. So tell us a little bit about, I know it's super new and it just <laughs> happened like a month ago. Right. But tell us a little bit about that. I, right now, like I said, I'm just trying to take it all in. I'm trying to, um, listen to as many people as I can. It's the Stanwood community is just so awesome. Like everybody's been so welcoming and, um, I'm creating great relationships with a lot of different businesses and the, the, um, the city council, the mayor is awesome. So, I mean, it's just, I'm just trying to soak up as, and listen as much as I can. And then we're going to start moving forward with, um, crime prevention and engagement and as much as we can. So, um, I feel like I'm a good fit there. I hope I am. And like, again, it's only been a month, but, um, I'm just having a blast. Awesome. Well, congrats again on that spot. Thank That's you. really cool. Very proud of you. 
And so we have, we talk about this kind of a lot, uh, a new generation coming up in law hmm. enforcement. Our patrol division is very young. They're new, which I think is, is fairly common in Washington State right now. It just, we're at a different time. And so I don't know that even our own employees know your story. So that's why I'm so <laughs> glad you agreed to do this today. Um, but I just want you to know that, you know, we're hiring more and more young ladies to do this job, which I'm also super proud of that. Um, I love seeing them out there on patrol. And I guess I want, I guess I'm just more a statement than a question. I want them to know that you're a resource for people. You just got done saying that mentors were very important in your life. Um, and I know you because you helped us out with the lead the way program. You're willing to kind of fit that role, you know, w when you can, you're open to that. So I'm just putting it out there for our employees, for people <laughs> in the community that uh, you've been very gracious with your time. And I really appreciate that. And you got a little bit of a cold. So I, I feel really bad it. that I keep, keep asking you more questions and no, more questions, you're doing but good. Uh, I'm just going to, we're going to end on this point. And again, I'm, I, I'm going to repeat myself, but I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of where you're at. I'm proud that you represent this, this organization. And uh, not everybody would be willing to come here and do this podcast <laughs> and talk about this, but man, I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you helped with lead the way a couple weeks ago so that you, those youth could, could hear your story as well. And so just uh, thank you. I, I'm glad that you're just thriving and everything that's going on right now. And, uh, I guess I just want to say thank you. I oh, appreciate it. Yeah, yep. I, I, any opportunity I can to pay, to pay it forward because those, the, you know, there's some great people that were there for me. I would um, love to help anybody I can in this agency, especially. So. All right, Lieutenant Lewis, thank you for your time All today. Right. Really thank appreciate you, it. Okay. All right.